You guys, this is Charlie. Hello. This is Yolanda. And this is Yes, yes girl. girl. Corey is living her best life in New Orleans. Yolanda is getting ready to go meet Queen Auntie Oprah. And I'm stuck at my desk. Anyone else feel FOMO like I'm feeling right now? And you just gonna go, are you just singing over there? You're going to meet one of the five Queen Mothers. There's like five, right? Michelle Obama. You stop it. Uh-oh. And she's rubbing it in by humming. Yes. Where's Corey when I need her? I feel outnumbered. Mother Oprah. She's one of the five <laughs> queen mothers. <laughs> what are you going to do with Mama O? Mama O? Me and Mama O? Yes. Yes. You. Well, I'm going to be sitting in the audience mm. of her Super Soul Sunday Ooh. live. Ooh. But you know I'm special, so I'm probably going to be in row 500. <laughs> With you. <laughs> That's true. There's some spaces that are so special listen, that you don't care about your seat. Listen, you could be in row 10,000. I'm in the room I'm with in Oprah. The space. Yeah. I'm I always say that. Me. I'm like, I'm in the room with greatness. Absorb. You ever like, I put my arms out and I'm like, I'm going to absorb all the greatness. I that do that. In this room. All the time. At Black Women in Hollywood, I just yeah. sit back and I say, Lord, make me a vessel. Yes. Let me receive. No, make me a bucket. So yes. I can receive all of this greatness. You know, like, just through, what is it, um, osmosis? Yeah, because, I mean, you you are in the room. <laughs> yeah. You're you guys, tell us room. about a special space you've been in or a moment where you're like, let me just receive all the goodness. All this goodness. And the greatness. No, but I'm I'm jealous. And my 2019, um, one of my many goals was to be in hashtag new rooms. And this is hashtag a new room. So She's you're doing like it. Interviewing Michael B. Jordan, all these people around like Super Soul Sunday. It's going to be so exciting. So this is really key mm-hmm. because the fact that I'm not going with you mm-hmm. is highlighting something that I promised myself I would be better at in 2019 and I didn't. Which is what? I promised that I would keep up with my emails. Mm-hmm. You emailed me. Yes, I did. And you asked me if I wanted to go with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm over here filling away. I mean, I'm feeling away. Where's my organ, Tiff? Oh, my God. Organ. I'm really feeling away, but you know who I should be upset with? Who? Myself. Got it. Even though I feel like insurmountable email is not my fault. Because, you know, y'all be... why? When did we stop calling? When did we stop? When is email the only... But anyway. And dear listener, Charlie and I sit right across from each other. That's what makes it worse. It does make it worse. Which means I can kind of go back to being mad at you because at any given moment you could have just asked me if I was going with you I, instead of waiting for me to reply to an email. I, you know, verbal communication. I did. I did. But you lying. But that's all right. The fact is that you're under going. The bridge. But anyway, you've been in rooms where I was not there, so girl. We can we're gonna need to have this battle over some sangria okay. later. Yes. But can you just tell Auntie O I said hi? I will. By the way, it's Mama O. Oh, it's Mama O? I, I, Yes. I thought, okay, so Oprah is Oprah is a queen mother, right? But Wait, if you see me too. I'm just talking shit. No, I don't know. but <laughs> you're like, don't quote me. I don't know the no, official. No, but she is one of our queen mothers. Yes, she is. And we were talking the other day, there aren't that many queen mothers. People who have earned the title with the black female community for, or black community for queen mother, Ooh. you've got Michelle Obama, mm. Oprah Winfrey, Susan Taylor, Susan Taylor, Mickey Taylor. Yeah. Queen mother. Queen mother. Well, I don't know if everyone knows Mickey Taylor outside. Yeah, yeah. Like, they that's don't. what I mean. But if you I just encountered mean, you yes, mean like well, nationally. Of course, Mickey's our queen mother. Yeah, yeah. Angela Bassett. True. You know, you could call her a queen mother. Who else? Queen Tina Turner? Mother. No. But see, Tina Turner's not out here like giving you like life, like goals. Yeah. I feel like queen mother needs to just like be inspire visible. you, be visible, whether she's in her garden or on the red carpet. Yeah. Or just. You know, posting a selfie queen on Instagram. Ooh, that's She's a good the one. queen. Who are the uh, Who are the who other are the queen, queen mothers? Y'all? mothers? I feel like the list is short. Ooh, you know who one of my queen mothers are is it's Marjorie Harvey. Girl, I know. Listen, don't mm. you don't have to tell me. I get it. Looks okay. She gives you a look. She gives three you times destinations. <laughs> she gives you photo shoots, labels, girl, everything. Hair done, flawless makeup skin. done, flawless skin, like. Okay. She literally is a resort wear campaign all herself. Yes, she is. She is like St. John's catalog. She, 
You know what, though? She's so good at it that I feel like for me, it's crossed the line between girl, you inspire me and girl, you make me feel poor. Like, you know how people get to be so good at it that you're just like, okay, that life is not attainable. <laughs> we need to get her on the show so she we can give should. us the budget-friendly version of that lifestyle. Yes. Because sometimes I look and I go, that villa is no doubt 50 grand a night. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like doing the calculations in my head. I'm like, that villa is 50 grand a night. That view, you know how you can look at a view and be like, I can never afford but that don't view. You think, don't you think it gives, it's like, it's like um, it's not necessarily you're thinking about the budget, but more of the feeling of being that fabulous. I know, all the time. All the time. It's like when she's, I imagine she like brushes her teeth and looks at like iconic views. You know Out of mean? somebody's window. Yeah. And there's always, I bet you in the middle of the night when she wakes up and she wants a little tea or whatever, there's like, you know those sweets that come with the guy? Like in Sex in the City oh too, They come with a guy that stays there all night and he's like, milk in your tea? Milk in your I tea. I know. She's like, excuse me, sir. We should have her on the podcast. We have When to. we go to LA. Okay, you guys, we need your help. This yes. is how we're going to do this. Everybody go tweet or post on Marjorie Harvey's Instagram. If you want to hear her come on the show yes. and tell us how to live our best damn lives, like VV best, iconic lives, yeah. please go at her right now, over and over and over again, because we're going to do it too, yes. and tell her you need her to come on Yes Girl, yes and we're going to be in LA. Hashtag Yes Girl Podcast. Hashtag Yes Girl Podcast. Yes. Please. Let's do this together. Yes. Because she is goals for all of us. Teach us the way, Marjorie. Now, speaking of celebrities, we have a special celebrity guest on the show this week, Yolanda. Yes, we do. You know, as a team love and team marriage enthusiast, I'm really excited about who's on the show this week. We have Devon Franklin on the yes. show. Yes, Mr. Megan Good. Mr. Megan Good. He's going to be mad. I'm He's sorry. He's not going to be mad. They I have such to. a good team. <laughs> I love that they, in so many ways, they both define each other's yeah. love for each other. Yeah. But that's another conversation. Devon has another book out. Mm -hmm. It's called The Truth About Men, What Men and Women Need to Know. And I'm emphasizing need to know because, girl, the ladies, Devon did his research. Yeah. He went and talked to psychiatrists, brothers, and dug into his own personal trash man history. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm saying that because he kind of acknowledges that all men go through rocky stages where they have poor relationships with relationships. And, and I, you know, I appreciate that Devon's whole book is just about teaching men and women. Okay. Because sometimes you get, you know, as a woman, you get tired of men re writing books about what women should do. Mm -hmm. But what's great about this book is that he's teaching men how to do, you know, and be better husbands, you know, uh, boyfriends, partners. It's just really super informative. And we need that because I feel like so often, and I know there's going to be people mad at me for this, but it's true. We're following all these male relationship experts, and I'm putting that in air quotes, who have no receipts. Ladies, yeah. you are following these dudes. They have 1.9, 1 1.10 million followers, but they don't even have a woman in their lives. But they're, they're, they're just committed to making really cute, you know, graphics to tell you how to be a better woman. Yeah. And you made them famous for that. Whereas you have Devon, who's like, oh, okay, I'm living in this. I'm living a life of purpose, a life of faith, a life with God and my wife. And I'm learning from it. And I'm learning from watching what my friends and other men in my life go through. And I want to really explore these issues and share the, the, what I've learned with you. Yeah. And we had a good Kiki with we Devon. We had a really good Kiki. Kiki. One of my favorite parts. Is it? What's, a, what's oh. like universal for really good ass conversation about relationships? I'm, a, I'm used to saying geeky girl gab. What's it? Is Kiki guy friendly? <laughs> Don't think so. Well, we had a great I can't imagine my husband Mr. Franklin. Oh, I call my but yo, we had a good kiki. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but one of my favorite parts about our conversation was when we talked about toxic masculinity. Yes. And Devon was very he we went there with him and he was Absolutely. really open about like men have work to do. Absolutely. And you know, he's one of the men that's on the forefront doing the work. I mean, we all have work to do, but we live in a society where men have taken the lead for a long time, mm -hmm. and that's all changing. Yeah. Um, and so he's open about doing that work. I appreciate that. Me too. And I really love when he talks about how we communicate our needs to our partner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we kind of had that moment where I'm like, well, am I being a nag or am I pushing my husband? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. how men receive mm -hmm. our expectations of them. And I was like, ooh, I learned a few things, y'all. Yes, we did. Devon and Megan have been married since 2012. They are not new to this. They're, you know, in progress. Last time you heard them on the show, they were together. And this time we had Devon all to ourselves. And it was it was epic. Get your notebooks. Get, get your, your notebooks. Your phones, your recorders. Homework. Gems shall be dropped. So listen in. Here's our conversation with Devon Franklin.
Yolanda. You know I'm excited when we get to talk Charlie. about Charlie. <laughs> We're so excited. This I'm already, this conversation is going to be so good. Ladies, pull over. Turn up the volume. Okay? Or if you're at home, make sure your Wi-Fi is consistent. We have the one and only Devon Franklin in the house to talk about his new book, where he's spilling all the tea on the fellas called The Truth About Men, What Men and Women Need to Know. Yes. Welcome. Yo, thank you. Thank yes. you for being here. It's always a pleasure. Oh, yes. Welcome yeah. back to the show. I'm excited. Yeah, I think we were like, Megan and I were on the maybe the first episode. One of the first episodes, yeah, yeah for season yeah. one. It's crazy. You yeah, know, you're a Yes Girl OG. Yes. yes Girl OG. <laughs> Alum. Well, then back. you know Alum. that we start off the show running down your receipts. Okay, So let's All just right. remind the people right. who you are. Okay. Best-selling author, mm-hmm. but the book you co-authored with Megan. Good. Mm-hmm. Your wife of yep. seven years. All right, come on, Team Love. Um, The Weight, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're back now with the second book. Hollywood producer. Yes, yes. The Pursuit of Happiness. Yes. Heaven, was it Heaven is Real? Heaven is for Real. Heaven is for Real. Mm -hmm. Movies I did as an executive. Yes. Yeah. I mean, hello, hits. (laughs) Um, Preacher, motivational speaker, and just all around great person. Yeah. Look at that. Good days. On Monday Monday and Friday. Did all this in 40 years. Okay. So we want to know all the, the like, when Devon walked in, you guys, he's got, like, presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Oh, wow. Yeah. Presence. Executive presence. And you just have to humble. Like, you just, oh, okay, I see you, Devon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Which, I have to say, that authority and the fact that you know you live it and mean it is why this book will touch people. Yes. Because it's authentic. Authenticity mm-hmm. is key. And there's a lot of men out there who write about love and don't know what it is. Mm. You are not one of them. Well, no, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I don't fit that category. So speaking of, I'm learning every day. Yes. Tell us how the idea to do this book for men and women, but yes. about the men, oh, came yeah. about. You know, um, really, what motivated the book was, you know, coming out of the weight, you know, which you know, which is such a blessing that that book has gone all around the world, and I mean, every almost every day. Someone post uh, gives, sends us a social media post about how they have read that book and it's changing their life. Yeah. However, the flip side of that is that so many women, you know, kept coming to us saying they can't find a man who will do the weight with them, mm-hmm. and and that really bothered me. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking, okay, well, why is that? Um, and the more I started thinking about that, the more I started realizing, oh, I know why that is. And as I started delving deeper, not only into men, but my own manhood, I began to realize, like, oh, got it. You know, there's this thing that all of us deal with, all of us meaning men. Women deal with it, too, uh, deal with it differently. But I speak from a male point of view because I would never try to tell a woman, here's what you're going through in that way. Um, So as I started researching in in my own self, saying, okay, here's what I'm dealing with, it made me uh, look in the mirror as a man Mm -hmm. and say, okay, what is the work that I need to do? And then how can I without, you know, pointing the finger, but still, you know, holding men accountable, my brother's accountable, how can I write something that will help point the way? Here's how we become the men we want to be. Here's how we value a woman that wants to wait instead of devaluing her. How do we deal with our issues? How do we deal with our brokenness? And um, all of this came through really exploring not only men, but also myself, and coming to a conclusion about the issues that we face the work. I try to tell you guys. So how many men did you talk to for this um, book? You know what? what I talked to, uh, you know, first of all, the first thing was, you know, you know, again, I, what I want to do with this particular book, I do, I try to do this with all the books that I've written, uh, but with this particular book, it was really important to not um, write the book, you know, uh, from um, uh, me here down there, you know, almost like at a, at a 45 degree angle, Very right? That's yeah. right. That's right. You Get know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm on 90 degree and on 45 degree. <laughs> no, I wanted to write it from zero degrees. Got it. So me to the person. So the first person I had to interview was myself. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, let me be honest, okay, about what I'm dealing with, what I'm, I'm struggling with, why am I struggling with those things. And so two things came, uh, revelations came. The first one was when I look back at my own, you know, uh, adolescence and manhood, you know, I lost my father when I was nine years old. He died of a heart attack when he was 36. And, uh, you know, that was devastating to the whole family. And it wasn't until my teenage years where I found out a secret that I didn't know. And it was that my my father had cheated on my mother while he was alive. And when I found that out, it devastated me. Because I'm like, wait a minute. The image you had. Right, Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And also it was like, well... Can men be faithful? Is that what? Well, what is this? What, what? Why? It can we? Can we not be? And so, as a kid, I began asking the question to all the women in my family: Can men be faithful? And they would say, No. 
it would say 99% of all men cheat. I said, what? Like they were saying it like it was some law of the universe. They were saying it with such certainty. No, they said 99% of all men cheat. I said, well, why? They would just say that's just the way men are. And so even as a teenager, as an adolescent, I became you know, just committed. How do I become the 1%? Now, fast forward into dating, and you know, just because I was waiting um, doesn't mean I was a good dater. I dated, you know, at times pretty poorly. However, once I got married, you know, a lot of men. One of the struggles that I believe men deal with, and this is the thesis of the book, uh, men deal with lust. And and I want to be clear about something. Sometimes lust, more than women. Um, here's what I would say. I would say women, from my research, have a better uh, do a better job of handling it. Uh, men and women obviously deal with it. But again, I'm not going to speak from a woman's point of view. Um, I'm not going to put on those shoes. I'm, I'm going to own the shoes of a man because here's also one of the things. I'm coming right back to this point. So often when we talk about men and women, the conversation keeps diverting to what women need to do better. And I said, I'm not writing a book about what women got to do better. Thank you. As a matter of fact, men got to do better. Mm -hmm. uh, if, we, if we really look at it, again, not that women are, are perfect in everything that, that you all do, but I would say by and large, you're on a much better path of doing the work than we as men, as a gender are. And I said, I'm not writing that book about, oh, here's what you got to do. I will write the book about here's what you need to know as a woman. So for me, it's about here's what men got to do better. And so one of the reasons why I don't touch as much on lust in a woman is because I didn't want the book to veer into that territory. I touch it. We deal with it in a section. Uh, from the research, women deal with it much better than men. But of course, we all got it. But in men, I believe that when lust goes unchecked, it operates like an untrained dog. Now, lust is more than just sex. Lust is a selfish impulse for sexual, financial, personal, or professional gain by any means necessary, even if those means are detrimental. That's what I believe lust is. So it could be a lust for, for money. It could be a lust for power, success. Lust can take many forms. And when you really look at manhood through that lens, I think we can see lust playing wow. out in so That's many areas so of our culture as it relates to men. So I call lust the dog. Um, again, men are not dogs, but we can act like one when we allow the lust in us to rule, and eventually it will ruin our life. However, I, as I started doing you know, the research in my own heart, I began to realize, like, okay, um, as much as I, you know, I've written books, I preach, I go around the world, I produce, that doesn't make me immune mm -hmm. to the dog. Mm -hmm. doesn't make me immune to lust. And so as a man, in order to write this book, I had to own up to my own lust. I had to own up to my own dog saying, hey, I got one. I don't want to have it, but I got it. And it doesn't matter that I'm married to one of those beautiful women in the world. It doesn't matter that I'm happily married. It doesn't matter that my marriage is great. I still got it. And let me tell you, that revelation was, uh, at first it was depressing, to be honest. It was really depressing because I'm like, wait, I, I love my wife. I, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to cheat on my wife. I have no desire. But why is this dog barking? So how does a man identify his inner dog, even, you know, the good brothers. It, 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 What's that word? Here, here, it's, very, it's actually very simple. It comes down to decision-making and urge management. What, what, urge? Urge management. Urge management. Okay. I believe the quality of our life comes down to how we manage our urges mm. and what do we have an urge to do and what do we do about it. How, yes. how do we, with urge management in particular, how do we... Because a, a man, you know, starts out as a boy. So how do you teach a boy so that by the time he becomes a man, he understands? Because I'm sure when you're starting sure. in your 30s, 40s, to urge management, it might be a little, you know, more challenging than if it were if you were groomed with that. Sure, you know, part of it is is you know, as a man or especially as a boy, okay, you know, you're going to start to feel these things. Uh, they're normal, right? But here's the thing: you have to learn the same way when we have a hunger pain, we learn how to manage our hunger. It's the same way we have to learn how to manage our urges. Because not every urge that we have as a man uh, requires to be fed and requires to be fed regardless of any other commitments or any other integrity that we have put, uh, you know, desire to be or to have. So as a young boy, it's like, okay, these feelings are going to come on. Here's what they feel like. Here's what they look like. You're going to want to do this. Here's what you should do instead. It's about training. It's about mastering. That's the other part which is while every man has the dog in them, that lust, every man has love. And that is love of self, love of God, love of the woman in their life, love of their family, love of community. I believe that when we master the dog, when we put love in control of lust, this is when we can become the men we want to be. This is when, and this is only when. So even when you talk about the good brothers out there, 
it, even the best brother, if that, that brother does not make the decision that I am going to manage my urges, I'm going to get this dog under control, I guarantee you the dog will get the victory because anything we suppress, we empower to destroy us. So if I don't recognize that I have this lust in me, if I don't recognize that there's a thing in me that has the power to destroy everything I care about, if I don't recognize it, I empower it. And it's going to come in through in ways that will be destructive. The culture also feeds the dog. Oh, without a doubt. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. I talk about this in the book. Yeah. It, it absolutely does. It absolutely yeah. it, 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 1,000%. And I, and I say, listen, um, we, there's nothing wrong with us saying, hey, you know what? Men got to do better. But then I also you know, try to educate men and put them up on game saying, listen, there's a culture that not only feeds the lust in you, but it profits off the lust, lust in you. And if, as a man, if you aren't aware of that, you will inadvertently be feeding the dog, and that will have a uh, direct negative impact on your life. So you're 1,000% right that the culture feeds it, you know, through the shows and, and the music and, and the movies at times. And so, you know, this book is not only just a conversation starter, but I wanted to put on a new lens for us to start looking at things a little bit differently and putting what we want out of life as the number one priority and to be smart because a lot of times we just inadvertently fall into a pattern. We fall into a pattern of consuming certain, certain things in the culture that actually perpetuate the lust instead of putting uh, uh, not so much an end to it, but managing it. Because I don't believe that there's anything a man can do to eradicate the dog forever. I believe that it's mastery. Mastery is the process. It takes a lifetime. If, if I stand before you, two incredible women, and I tell you right now, oh, I've mastered the dog. Oh, I'm good. Count the days until I fall. Count them. Count them. Put the, put the clock. It's coming. It's coming. So it's that constant accountability. Of course. Of course. Of course. And, 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 and it starts, it, it, I have to make a committee of one. Me. I got to look in the mirror and say, who do I want to be? Who do I want to be? Not who do others want me to be. Not who do others think I am. Who am I and who do I want to be? And based upon that decision, I have to then walk that out. And if I really want to be the man I, I, I believe I can be, I also have to acknowledge that there's something in me that if I don't get it under control, it will control me. And that is a scary thought for sure. And I think this is why so many people don't uh, make that acknowledgement. But there's a lot of power in it when we accept it and then put, our, put ourselves in a process to be able to deal with it. I'm just, oh, go ahead, Yolanda. Okay. I'm going to tell go, us, I put a footnote. Just more about, you know, the book is about the truth about men and men having to do the work, but the work also um, transcends love and relationships, which is a very good part of, you know, our daily existence. But what other areas of work do you touch that men have to do in the book? Yeah, one of the big areas is the difference between personal success and public success. And so I, I talk to men about this, but I also talk to women about this uh, too often. We value and we validate a man based upon his public success. And my argument is that you can tell something about a man from his public success, but you can't tell the whole story. The real success is personal success. Who is that man when he goes home? Who is that man when no one is watching? That to me is integrity. That's character. And so when we live in a culture that obsesses over public success, we tend to put so much energy and focus on what happens in the public we do it at the expense of what's happening with us personally. Yeah. And this also comes to women, too, because sometimes, you know, in my experience, a women will look at a man and they'll see him, you know, see his job or who he is in public and say, oh, wow. And that, that public could even be the church. Oh, he's in the church. Oh, my goodness. He's amazing. You don't know anything about who that man really is. It's very easy to put on a presentation in the public. What you got to do is wait so that the personal person the real person reveals himself. Now, in some instances, who that man is in, in private may be the same man in public. Great. Awesome. But in many instances, that's not the case, whether good or bad. So I talk about let's not focus so much on public success. As men, the same energy we put into conquering our careers, let's put it into conquering ourselves. Let's work on self-control. Let's work on not allowing money and greed and success and fame on any level be the things that drive us to the point where we want it just because we're told we need it to feel like men. Let us take a step back as men and identify what are the things that keep us up at night? What are the things that get us up in the morning? And where do we need the help, help the most? So yes, the book goes well beyond just love, sex, and relationships. It really goes, uh, goes into life. And how do we navigate and deal with that?
That's really interesting, too, because when you think about the public, right, but the private, yeah. public versus private, we were talking a lot about social media, yep, yep. especially in 2019 and this idea of our public persona. Oh, yeah. What scares me, right, as a love editor is seeing all these couples say, okay, we're Insta-famous. People have a crush on our love. We're black love goals. And that's the public persona, right, that they're yeah. putting out. But sometimes I worry that that makes people mm-hmm. think, like, okay, we're good. So we have to. St- we don't have to do the work anymore as a couple. We we look like we've mm-hmm. got it together. We got twenty thousand likes or whatever. We went viral for a photo, but then the work behind that photo. I'm always like, is it happening? Yeah. So I think you know it's great to do that assessment individually and as as a couple as well because we are really in a space where public persona is all we care about. Well, I, I know, and and you know the 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 real challenge with social media is that um, we find you know self validation. Um, you know, with little hearts, yeah, with little comments, you know, and and it's like I've seen people's complete mood shift yeah. based upon how many hearts or yeah. not, yeah. and it's like, wait a minute, yeah. this is why, honestly, a lot of the posts that I do on social media, I don't even go back and check yeah, the 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 numbers or. Right. I look at comments sometimes because I love to see how people are engaging and, and what they're responding to, and, and it's a fantastic way just to stay in touch, but not from a sense of, okay, if I'm not getting that, I don't feel good. Right. But here's the thing. It's dangerous for all of us. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm so, so, you know, there have been times I'm like, oh, man, well, I posted this picture. They liked that one. I posted another one the next day. They didn't like it so much. At the same time, same caption. What's the problem? What's wrong with me? And I was like, wait, I don't want to go down the slippery slope. I don't. I don't want my value tied to people I don't even know. Right? Whatever. And I think the point you're bringing up about a relationship, this is also the danger and the challenge of having a relationship that's in the public. You know? And so it's like, you know, Megan and I didn't choose to become public. You know, truth be told, I mean, listen, she's one of the most famous people on the planet, and I married her. And as a result, with that came a lot of attention. And still comes with a lot of attention. You know, I've had my my own purpose and things that I'm doing in life, but certainly, you know, people know me a lot because of our of me being married to her. And with that, you know, we have to we just say, listen, we're gonna live our truth. And when you really look at our, you know, social media, we we post a little bit together, but not much. True. You actually We don't. Yeah. We don't because we balance. Yeah, we don't wanna get caught up in yeah. then are we doing this moment because we think it's gonna be a postable moment. Are we having this moment because it's a real moment? And and there's a slippery slope. Now, listen, we're not here to write the rules of social media and what couples should and shouldn't do, but I think we have to always keep a barometer of truth and what's good for the relationship and navigate and manage how relationships are, are, are handled in the public, our relationships are handled in the public. Because when you're letting people in, I think it still has to be at uh, your discretion yeah. and, and not at your detriment. Yeah. Absolutely. How do you and, you know, I, I've just seen you and Megan, even when cameras are off and we're at maybe at Essence events and mm-hmm. the way, the level of communication that you've developed mm-hmm. is really aspirational. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder, how did you two come to that place? Mm-hmm. Years and years of work? Is it therapy? Is it outside? Like, how did you two get to that place? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all of the above. You yeah. know, I mean, therapy, you know, conversations, situations, um, you know, so much of it is it's a combination of both where it's like on my end you know like again growing up with my father and and you know him passing away and finding out about the affair and seeing you know just how so many women my my family were hurt mm-hmm. you know I grew up with that sensitivity mm-hmm. saying like okay you know when I get married you know I want to be a good husband mm-hmm. I want to master that like that that's like a you got to work goal. at that yeah. yeah you can't just husband on autopilot mm-hmm. you know you can't just like say okay you know what? I'm a husband. Okay, cool. I can. It'll take care of itself. Okay, that was a sweet. That was a sweet book. You can't just husband, husband on autopilot. There you go. Okay. There you go. Yes, girl. Tweet yes. that. Tweet that. <laughs> Tweet that. Repeat that. Continue. Tweet that or repeat that. I love that. Um, and so I, I personally put a lot of time and effort into saying, okay, how do I? How can I become a good husband and be a good husband to her? And she puts a lot of time into, you know, how do I be, a, be become and be a good wife to to me? But now, sometimes my version of being a good husband maybe my version, it may not always be the version she needs. And sometimes her version of being a good wife may be her version of what a good wife should be, but isn't always a version that I need. So what, where, where we, what we do is we talk a lot, you know, and we communicate. And also sometimes, you know, that communication isn't like, oh, the moment something is wrong. There will be sometimes I won't know something is wrong with her until like two weeks after the incident happened. 
And then I'm like, oh. We all do it. <laughs> Y'all just be holding on to stuff. It festers, and those resentments grow. Sometimes we got to take a pause, though, and make sure we say, I we express. I yes. Know. I know. We don't but, go but here's, there. But here's, but here, here's, but here's, but here's, now we're getting into some real truth here. Here's, and I talk about this in the book, but here's where a lot of times it shows up. In the bedroom. Yes. In the sex life. That's if you want to see if yes. there are resentments in your marriage or your re- or your relationship, for those that aren't doing the wait, um, it'll show up in the sex life. Yeah. Because if you're a man and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, make love to, 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 to my wife, and all of a sudden she's like, oh, I'm not sure, or not tonight. It's like, okay, wait. What, what, what? Red flag. Yeah. Okay, all right. Now, that is the, 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 that is the um, symptom, but it's not the problem. The problem was a resentment that happened, you know, weeks ago that has that is not talked about. I always say foreplay starts in the morning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you have to get in my brain mm-hmm. in order for me. So you yeah. can't you can't just show up and I'm like, oh, okay, you just we had this huge yeah. fight. Okay, let's have sex now. Yeah, yeah. Women, yeah. I think a lot of women are like that. I I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. And and so part of what that means is like, okay, you know, as as a man. You know who? Listen, most every man I know, you know, especially in marriage, they're like, "Hey, you know, what are we what are we doing?" Like, you know, like let's. They want they want an active and consistent sex life, and so much of that that comes from you know being in touch and saying, "Okay, well, what's going wrong?" Well, okay, and so with Megan and I, there were times like I didn't realize that I had said something or done something or spoke to her in a way that I didn't intend to speak to her, but I still did. That that hurt her and that she was holding on to. So, and I didn't know until you know it was time for us to make love. It's like, wait, oh, got it. And we okay. guard our bodies with our emotions. Yes. So that's yeah. definitely for the brothers a sign. You know, we slap your hand and we say, mm-hmm, I'm going to bed. Mm-hmm. You are in uh-huh. trouble. That's when you're in trouble. You're like, wait a minute. Hold Bo. on. Okay. Wait, wait. Hey, okay. wait a second. <laughs> Divine, when I read this book, hold on. You look, I'm all in this book with the highlights and you see my it. posters. I wrote right here a word, okay, next to this right here. I love it. We were talking about accountability in this yeah. book, right? Okay. Now, you say, if your woman holds you accountable when you fail at discipline, accept that as a sign of respect. Mm -hmm. A woman will hold you accountable if she believes in you and who you really are, even if your actions don't always show it. Can we talk about this accountability, please? Because (laughs) when I try to hold my husband accountable, I'm an egg. Mm -hmm. I'm stressing. (laughs) I'm bothering. I'm emphasizing. How do you do it? I mean, I'll do a morning check-in. I like to go over the day's to-do list in the morning. He doesn't love that. Now, is that your to-do list or his to-do list? <laughs> Ours, because we have to grow together. So everything I do. But you wrote it. Well, look. Okay. Oh, no, hold uh-huh. on. Wait That's a minute. Right. Wait a minute. Tell Wait a the minute. truth. Tell the truth. Sometimes uh-huh. I rearranged it. But we do a good job, I think, of deciding together what we need to work on. I just need him to follow through, and I'm the lister, like the list and the check. So every morning, I'm like, remember we said we were going to get better today? Oh, good morning. Remember we said we were going to get better today? And I don't think he sees that as a sign of respect. So when you said that, mm-hmm. how do I get him to know that that's my love language? Got it. Okay. So you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. A, a couple things. A couple okay. Things. I think, one, you know, there, there's a difference between, you know, uh, mandating mm-hmm. and managing. I'm just saying, Damn. there's a difference. I feel a read coming on okay. between a mandate oh. and a management. Okay. So, when you and your your you know spouse come together, I think it's really important to come to a, a, a level set of expectations, mm-hmm. because fundamentally, where accountability can be successful or not comes down to what your expectations are. And so you have an expectation that he should do certain things. Well, it's so important to get him to agree that you can expect those things before you can hold him accountable to those things. Because a lot of times what happens is when you don't get him to say, yes, you can hold me accountable for these expectations, it's no longer managing and helping him, you're mandating. Because you're telling him to do things that he never even agreed that he wanted to do. So discussing them isn't agreeing. That's what I'm learning. That's right. Because we talk a, about it. A discussion is not an agreement. Okay. Him, and this is the thing, in, in, okay. in marriage, we got to get into clear communication. And part of clear communication is developing. Sometimes, you know, you got to say, um, when you're in a conversation, okay, what I hear you saying is, repeat it back to them. So then they can clarify. No, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, clarify. Okay, what I hear you saying is this. Okay, now, baby, I want to do certain things this year. Right? Let's talk about our goals. Okay, we put our goals together. Right? So my, my love, can I hold you accountable for these and will you hold me accountable for what I want to do? Mm-hmm. 
And then he's got to say, yes, I will. Yes, that sounds good, baby. I, I need your help. Yes, that sounds good. You said that to him. Now, it becomes a, mass, uh, 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 it becomes a process of managing it with the right tone. Now, that's the other part. We got to talk about the tone. I'm sweet as pie with it, but I'm ritual with uh, it. Uh, that's my issue. Right, you just like, good morning. Good, good morning, morning, my love. Uh huh. Uh uh. Uh uh. You gotta build that over the back. Uh uh. Uh uh. Oh no. No, did, no. Did, did you you gotta give him a chance. Uh -huh. My love. Sweetness. Sweetness, we've got. But no, mandating versus managing—that managing. was that's, real. That's, that's really reason. what it comes down yeah. to. I receive it. You yeah. know, and I and I do think that that when he feels like you're following up with him based upon what he's already said, you can, even though he may resist it, he still will probably value it and appreciate it more than when you're trying to keep him on to doing something that you want him to do that he may not want to do. You know, I mean, yeah. there there are times. Listen, where plenty of times where. You know, Megan will tell me, you know, hey, well, babe, you said, like, for example. So, you know, one of the things that I recently, uh, the past couple months, had to learn to manage was sugar. You know, again, not that, not that like, my, my blood work or anything was bad or anything like that. But, you know, I just wasn't at the optimal health that I wanted because I work out consistently. You know, I eat a relatively healthy diet. But every night it was, you know, the cookies and the pineapple side down cake and the... I didn't even see you eating oh, yeah. food. Oh, yeah. I like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Put them away. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, it's like, you know, when you're running and you're stressed, you're just like, give me sugar yeah. and salt. Mm -hmm. So Together. Yes. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Salty and sweet. That's right. That's right. Exactly. So I would tell her, like, okay, baby, you know what? I really want to, you know, I want to get it together. You know what I mean? Like, I really want to, you know, just stay fit and, and get even, you know, better midsection to showing a little whatever. So when I would go mm -hmm. to start eating these cookies, she would hold me accountable. Well, babe, you said, and then I'd get mad. <laughs> baby, let me leave me alone. I worked out this morning. Hangry divine. What you talking like, about? No. You know, I did, I, did, I, did, I, did, I went to Rumble this morning. I went to Matrix. I did my workouts, right? But I ultimately appreciated it because she was only doing what I said I wanted to do. She was only helping me do what I said I wanted to do, yeah. which, again, going back to the book, is a sign that she's actually for me. Yeah. Because I think one of the challenges with love is it's such a rare thing and a precious thing when we get it that we, we don't want to lose it. And, and part of losing it, we sometimes associate with, if I'm really honest or I'm, I really hold them accountable, I might lose this. Mm -hmm. So then what happens is we see things in our marriage or relationship that are unhealthy, mm -hmm. that the other person may do. Yeah. And because we're afraid deep down of losing them or hurting their feelings, we just become a silent codependent. Mm -hmm. We don't keep it all the way real. We don't. We, we don't, don't tell the truth. We don't. And ultimately, I think that takes our relationship in a direction where it's less healthy, it's less fulfilling for all of us. So sometimes, yes, there's going to be a difficult conversation. There's going to be hurt feelings. But ultimately, that can produce a great result if it's done in love. But overall, um, uh, Devon, I do want to ask you about we're living in the Me Too uh, yeah. time movement. Um, and these conversations are coming into the home uh, with, you know, my husband and I always go back and forth about, and I find myself, just to be truthful, you know, I find myself having to teach him about equality and women's rights because uh, not he's not a bad man. He just was never um, socialized like that. Sure. It was, it was you know, he had a strong mother, but, you know, beyond the, the nuances of what, you know, feminism is, he didn't necessarily grow up with that. Mm -hmm. And so even when we talk about the truth about men, there is some reckoning that has to happen around what patriarchy has done to, you know, to men yes. and to black men in Absolutely. particular. Do you, how, how do we handle that, those conversations mm -hmm. in our homes and also in our communities to teach men that, hey, all these years of bad behavior, yep. it's, it's, it's over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I talk about it in the book. I mean, I write extensively about the Me Too movement, the Time's Up movement. Uh, I try to give information about their origins and to kind of, you know, to demystify because these are not gotcha movements, you know, especially, you know, Me Too, it was created primarily for women of color. You know, Tarana Burke created it so that women of color who were sexually abused had an outlet in a community where they could find the support that they need. And, and so it wasn't until 10 years later when the Harvey Weinstein thing came and, and Me Too, you know, blew up, but it's been around for, for quite some time. So I wanted to educate, you know, anyone reading the book, you know, what Me Too and Time's Up means, what their goals are, what their objectives are, to, because sometimes in the media, you know, the, the intention may get lost. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so that was really important. The other thing is that we, there used to be a time where men's successes would cover their excesses. That day is over. So if, as a man, if you're not managing your excesses, it will absolutely disrupt your successes. And so part of the, the conversation is to write a book like this as a man and say, hey, men, we got to do better. I talk about this in the book. We've been living high off the Boys Will Be Boys credit card. Well, the bill is coming due. And, and we got to do our work. We got to do our work. We can no longer have a chauvinistic attitude and just say, oh, because I'm a man. Yes, every, yes, especially as black men, yes, we are kings. There is no doubt about that. But as a king, that doesn't mean that that's a license to, uh, to, to, to oppress. It doesn't mean it's a license to abuse. It doesn't mean it's a license to use our masculinity you know, as a, as a hammer. No, it means as a king, we listen, we learn, we provide for the community by modeling what we feel like we need in our homes, in our communities, our schools, our companies. And so part of it is, is you know, and it's the hard work of getting men to look in the mirror. But that's also why I included women in the conversation in this book, because it's really important, because I know that as a man, what you just said you did with your, your husband I thought was fantastic and brilliant. Why? Because it's very hard for a man to become who he needs to be without a woman in his life who will take the time to do the, to educate sometimes, to hold him accountable, to say, hey, baby, you, I'm, I'm here. I'm your, I'm, I can see in your blind spot, and I'm trying to give you information that you may not see. We need that as men. And so I think the, the man that really is in touch with himself, that will say, you know what, I do, need, I do need the right woman in my life. Not to do my work. No, no woman can do a man's work. A man's got to do his work. But a woman can play an amazing part of it. And so much of it starts with that man saying, how do I become better? And I'm, my prayer and my hope, and this is why one of the reasons why I wrote this book, is to put out there to all you know, men especially, hey, it's scary, but we can do it. We can do this work, and we can become better. And that, to me, is what real leadership looks like. If I'm a leader of self, then I can be a leader of, of others. But how can I lead others when I'm not leading self? And so it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy conversation. But I touch on it in the book because I think it's so important. Now, you're speaking about potential, right? Like, that's, you know, you having knowing you have the potential yes. to get there. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about that? Because as you said, a lot of people read The Weight, yeah. and they were like, Vaughn, Megan, yeah. where are these dudes? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm ready to wait, but he's right, not. Where right, is right. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, can you talk a little bit about identifying a brother or a man that can take this job? Yeah. Like as a woman, like yeah. really Absolutely. from a man's perspective, mm -hmm. what to look mm -hmm. for? Because maybe yep. we don't know yep. what to look so, for. So, so that's why I, I, I articulate the struggle of love and lust with the master of the dog. So one of the things, you know, I talk about in the book is that for a woman, you have to determine, are you dealing with a man who is being led by the master or are you dealing with a man who's being led by the dog? So I give one example, especially if you're dating. Uh, the dog likes to hide in the shadows meaning that the dog doesn't like to be in the, light, in the light, especially with its intentions. So as a woman, if you're dating, are you in a gray area? You have to get out of a gray area, especially when you're dating. And a gray area is an area where you're the most vulnerable, where you don't have all the information about what's really going on. You aren't quite sure of his intentions. You do hang out with him. You have great conversations. You seem to consistently communicate, but you don't know if you're, if you're committed because you haven't yet asked the question. You've got to get out of the gray area. And the only way sometimes to know if you're dealing with a man who's being led by the master or the dog is to ask clear, direct questions and wait for clear, direct answers. Mm -hmm. It blows my mind. Mm. And I'm going to say something on the Yes Girl podcast. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. Let's do it. It blows my mind that if you go, and right now, for the women listening, if, if, if a man um, you know, or someone were to come over and grab your purse or your iPhone, what would you do? Smack him. Okay. Smack what? Okay. Him. All right. Take right. Right. You're like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like you would just never. Or let's say you're in a relationship. Like it would be a long time before you would uh, give that man uh, the code to to your phone. Right. Because there's no trust. Why would you give a man your body before you give him the code to your phone? We're just gonna let that settle. We just gonna we're gonna let that just 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 sit in the atmosphere at the Yes Girl podcast for a moment. I mean, <laughs> come on, <after. laughs> just, that's true. I'm, I'm that's just, true. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We, we, but we, we, what if I wanted to? Okay, what if I, that was what just what I, I, I say. Hold on, hold on. But hold on. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
this is this is why I wrote this book. It's so important. There is nothing wrong with it. Yes, yes if you want to do it, as much yes. fine. However, what I am saying is, as as a woman, you have to identify what do you want out of this. Right. Sure. As a woman, if you're going to say, hey, all I want is sex, I want to get my body. Okay, and that's your choice. Away. That's your choice. Mm -hmm. But if you're saying, I actually want more, I'm actually in a place where I'm looking for something committed. Mm -hmm. When you talk about the weight, yeah. most of the women doing the weight are looking for something you know, more serious. Yeah. So if that's what you want, then you've got to start with the foundation of what you want. Yeah. And this is where navigating your flesh becomes important. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean women want, women want sex any less than men. They don't. Yeah, of course, right. women want it just as much. Sure. But as a woman, if I was a woman and I was dating, the last thing I would give a man is sex. The last. We've been socialized of course. to think, you know, let, yeah. you know, let me yeah. just give him yeah. what he wants, yeah. uh -huh. and he'll give me what I want later. But it doesn't later. work that way. Yeah. It, really, it truly doesn't work that way. And honestly, the man that sees something of value... Now listen, these are rules. There's always exception to the rules, right? So there's always people, there are some people who, hey, they've had one-night stands or whatever, or they hooked up early in the relationship, and they have healthy marriages. So I want to be very clear. This is not, uh, you know, one brush paints all kind of thing. Right. However... By and large, in my experience, when you decide this is what I want, I want a committed relationship, you know, it's important to me to withhold sex. Why? Because you need to know, is this man being led by the dog or the master? Does he care about who I am? Does he really, is he really interested in where I'm going? Does he have any desire to maybe even help me get there? Or does he only want to be pleased by my flesh? This is another thing that I write in the book. How can you determine if a man is being led by the dog or the master? His desire for pleasure without accountability or responsibility. So when he's reaching out to you, is he only reaching out because he wants to hang out, hook up late at night? Oh, let's go to the movies. Let's do Netflix and chill. Why don't you come over tonight? During the week, can't reach him. We used to call that a booty call. <laughs> <laughs> I know we have new names for it. I can't you know, I'm just saying. But, but when we look at it through these, these lenses, sometimes it's like, aha, right. This dude only wants pleasure. He only wants what I can do to please him. He, he doesn't want anything more than that. Now, sometimes we can be in denial, especially in dating. Yeah. Because it's hard to tell the truth and face the truth. That I've been dealing with somebody who, it could be hard to say, I've been dealing with somebody and I'm realizing they're really not that interested. And then the choice comes, do, for a woman, and sometimes it can be a man too, do I subject myself to a situation that I know is less than who I am mm -hmm. because I don't want to be without it? Mm -hmm. Or do I make the hard choice to draw the line and say, hey, if, we've got to if we're going to continue, here's what my standards are. Here's what my expectations are. And if that person can't meet it, am I willing to be alone? And the, the, the loneliness can be so painful. A lot of times people will stay in a, the dating situation that they know isn't quite right, but they'd rather that than be alone. Right. And so I wanted to write this book to give information to encourage someone to say, no, 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 no. You don't need to choose a relationship uh, and, ex and feel that you have to exchange you know, who you really are and what you really want just to be in a situation. Mm -hmm. I would encourage you, be alone, mm -hmm. be whole, have peace, mm -hmm. and wait for the right situation mm -hmm. than to be in something that erodes and eats at your spirit every single day. Mm. And also, okay, Word. slight, okay, <laughs> <laughs> take all the notes. Slight plot twist, but like, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to see if you could speak a little bit to the woman who maybe didn't wait, but now wants to, even with the same partner. And what I mean by that is I think when a man and a woman are driven by lust, right? Yeah. You get to the bedroom really fast. Yep, yep. But that same man and that same woman could have the potential to start over, call it, refresh, yep. wait and build together. Yep. But I think sometimes it's this fear, at least with women, I know we have it. I fucked that up. You know? I mean like, you know what I mean? Like I acted on lust. Man, what did impulse. I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, I mean, yeah. being frank, and yep. then you don't even tell him I saw something more in you, yep. or yep. I see something more in me, yep, yep, because mm -hmm. society tells us this yeah. is not a rom com. Right. He's not gonna come back tomorrow, <laughs> right? Anyway, so you need to move on. Sure. Can you talk to those women? Yeah, I think you can always start waiting. You can always start waiting. You you can always um you can always change uh the rules of engagement. Uh, I think this is so important for you know any woman listening that you have the power. And even if you have made decisions that you want to change, yeah. do it. Yeah. And and part of it is is to be sensitive to say. So in this situation, if you've been having sex with, you know, your man, and and uh, you want to change that, part of it is you know, uh, I advise sometimes even writing down what you want to say, yeah. uh, so that you have it there and you can refer to it because sometimes 
it's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. And because you don't want to leave him, you don't want to lose him. So it's important to maybe even have it written down and be clear. The other thing is to say, at the end of the day, it's about choosing your own well-being. Because if you're feeling like, oh, I had sex with him and I want to stop, it's because something's just being disrupted in your spirit. Yeah. You got to listen to that yeah. and say, you know, put the peace of your spirit as a number one priority and then choose things that will help you keep the peace and preserve the peace. And so it, it will require a conversation. It probably won't be easy. However, I believe that two things will happen. If that man loves you, what will happen is when you take sex off the table, it will clarify and potentially accelerate the, the relationship if it was already leading to marriage. Because it's like, okay, you know, if I want to wait until marriage, now I take that off the table. If we've been dating for some time, it'll, it'll help produce the question, what are we doing? What are we doing? Okay. Where are we going? And if love is really there and it's a real thing, oh, we're going to the altar. Mm -hmm. So the man that loves you, who may have been sleeping with you, and you no longer want to sleep with him until you're married, even though it will be hard for that man, I guarantee you that man that really loves you will hang in there mm -hmm. and say, okay, you know what? All right. How, how long are we talking? You know, what, what are we? Okay, got it. Like, you know, parameters. like, no, I mean, like, okay, I do want to get married. Okay, I hear you. Right now, here's the other thing. When you take it off the table, be prepared that the opposite may also happen. That someone that you thought you had a deeper thing with, that if they can't get what they need from you in that, in that sexual regard, they don't want to stick around. Missing and out, though. They're missing out. No, no, no. They're, they're miss, they're, they are completely missing yeah. out. So I think it's important to not feel like you that you have uh, messed up so much that you can't, you know, reverse course. You can. Um, I would also avoid against guilt and shame. Listen, we all, we all have moments when we act in our flesh. We all have moments when we allow whatever lustful thoughts yeah. to not only just consume us, but we do it. We act on whatever it is. Yeah. We all fall short. So don't bear too much guilt and shame to the degree where you don't make the necessary steps to get back to a place of peace. Thank you. Because <laughs> yeah, we got to leave the guilt and the shame in 2018. Have to. Please we have leave to. it. We all mess up. It happens. You know, say, hey, you know what? I messed up. I fell. But you know what? I'm going to get back up today and I'm, I'm going to go in the direction I want to go in. So we have some rapid questions yes. for you. Some things that, you know, rapid. the girls are always talking about. All right. We need some mansplaining. Um, we need some <laughs> Uh -oh. Although mansplaining like has such a mansplaining. negative, uh, it has a negative, but you actually have received some insight. Okay, okay, okay. We need some some manly insight. All right, all right. Okay, so one of them is you've been together for a long time, but he won't marry you. Why? Why? Because either he is afraid of commitment, and maybe because he had a, a difficult relationship with his mother or his father, or they got a divorce or something in his backstory, or he's just not that into you. Mm. Wait, hold on. I know. It hurts. <laughs> right? Listen, you want the truth. You know, in our community, sometimes you see people have, they have like three kids, 10-year relationship, and they're still not married. Well, again, you know? but, but, but the scenario you're giving, it sounds like it's a woman who wants to get married and has been in a long-term relationship, but he won't marry her. He won't her. marry her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the reasons are either there's a commitment issue or, or he's, he's or he's not as into it. it it's he almost like this situation is more comfortable. Yeah. It's like, well, why do I need to take it to another level? I have everything I need. What is another level going to give me? True. It's like a right? Dagger. So it's like, hey, I, Life I'm... Life insurance? <laughs> <laughs> you got to get married to get that. <laughs> okay, wait. I got another one. Yep. He admitted he didn't want anything serious, but he's still acting like your man. Okay. This is really, really important. I talk about this in the book. Do not be seduced by the actions of a man. If he told you he does not want to be in a relationship, believe what he said not what he does. Because a man is very clear. A man, men keep receipts too of what they've told a woman and what they haven't. Okay. If okay. a man has not told a woman that we're committed, I don't care if he sees her every day. I don't care if he bought her a home. I don't care if he flew her around the world. He is going to say, that's not my girlfriend. Mm, even because if you start a family. Even, Add that too. Wow. Unless you have asked this man, are we committed? Are we in a relationship? Unless you have asked that man and he has said yes, I would not believe what he does. I would believe what he said. So you can still hang out, but please be cautious that even if it looks like a relationship, if you have not gotten confirmation verbally from him, I would argue that in his mind, it may not be one. Mm. 
Okay. <laughs> so let how uh, another question is I want my man to be more financially responsible in our relationship, but he won't do it. He's not paying his taxes. This is what the girls are doing. I'm sorry. That was just like I'm like, man, this is so obvious. It's like, listen, if you're talking about in a relationship, I'll deal with relationship in marriage. A marriage, yes, in a marriage. So in a marriage, in a marriage, he's not pulling his weight. He's not pulling his weight. And okay, so in a marriage, I think it's you know this is a delicate issue because people do break up over finances. However, it's it's important to not treat the joint finances as I'm bringing in this and you're bringing in that, right? When we're married, two become one. So that is one in every sense. Okay. So to me, if you want to get your man to a place where he is you know, more financially responsible, the worst thing you could do is to articulate what he's bringing in versus what you're bringing in, number one. The second thing is it's about casting goals. Mm -hmm. um, sitting down, where do we want to be by the end of the year? What's going to help us get there? And what can we agree to financially as a plan that will help us achieve our goals? Not my goal, not your goal, our goals. And when you have those goals, now, okay, let's keep each other accountable. So at the end of the month, you know, honey, we, we spent too much on shoes or we spent too much on entertainment. Maybe next month we pull back, we watch a Netflix movie instead of going out. You make it a joint thing mm -hmm. because when you vilify and you victimize or you villainize the man related to this, so many men secretly feel valued or, or, inval or, or, or uh, invalidated based upon this financial issue. Mm. Because so much of a man's worth is tied to you know, his worth, financial worth. And some men, for whatever reason, you know, are on a path where they're working on their finances, but they're not there yet. And so when they're made to feel less than uh, in this area, it can produce the opposite result instead of the positive one. So if, if you're a wife, I would you know do these things I've talked about, create an environment, a safe space where you can talk about it, create goals you can keep each other accountable to without making him feel less than because let's say he does bring in less. That's okay. At the end of the day, two become one and you share. Okay, Divine, right? Okay. We, but got, we got him. We got more. Hold on, no, no, no. I got a, I got a B. A, a, B. a B. Let's do it. I B. got a follow-up on that one. I love it. So you're handling the money issue with white gloves. I mean, you know, you're handling it with care. Mm -hmm. You love him. You're giving mm -hmm. him the space. But there are some scenarios where he also just takes a long time to get around to your light touch approach. Mm -hmm. And I've heard a lot of women say, you know, this was cute year one, year two, year five. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? She's still, you know, as a breadwinner, it can be tough. You know what I mean? And I think... We need to talk about what happens when you might have to take those white gloves off well, and and put on the boxing gloves a little bit because yes. we're talking about money. Sure, but but what I would say is <laughs> you know? that I understand what you're saying. What I would say is that the issue actually isn't about money. It's it's really about purpose. You know, if you're if you're dealing with a man who is not working, right? Which it sounds like that's the kind of the underneath the the scenario. Or not, working if, enough. or not working enough, right? It's like okay, if you attack if you attack it based upon money, it's it's not about the money. It's about, okay, is he not working because he, you, when you met him, he wasn't working. <laughs> right now you married him, you want him to work. Like, okay, <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't date the dog and marry the master. It don't work that way. <laughs> um, but okay, um, you know, is he not working because, you know, he, he, he has a hard time keeping a job. Get to the root of like, okay, baby, what's really going on here? Mm -hmm. Because I know you want to be a provider. I, I believe in your character and integrity. Uh, however, I know that, it's not even a financial thing, it's a purpose thing. When we both walk in purpose, there's more peace in our marriage. Mm -hmm. so, so what's happening in your profession? What do you feel like you're not getting? What do you feel like the help you need? And how do we help support that? Mm -hmm. So that it's not about a woman doing his work, but also saying, hey, look, I'm your partner in this. Okay. And you'd be surprised and shocked at how many men feel very insecure in this area. And they don't know. Right. They just don't know how to handle it. So That's a lot right. of times when they're challenged on it, they act out. Yeah. Versus like, you know, saying, hey, baby, to be honest with you, you know, I'm scared. I'm scared. Yeah. Like, I, I'm scared. And they hate saying those two words. They, they hate saying it. They hate saying it. Yeah. Especially so, a black man. I'm sorry. So, That's a no, tough it, it one is. to get him there. If your is. man said, I'm scared, he yeah. definitely loves you. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Hard. Yes, he does. And so it's not, it's not even about kid gloves. It's not yeah. about, oh, I, I have to walk gingerly. No, it's not that at all. Okay. It's just about reframing it. Got it. And, and reframing it in a way where your intention is pure. Your intention is, I love this man, and I want the best for him, and I want the best for our marriage. Got it. So it's not about, oh, I have to walk on eggshells. I still operate in truth, but I still do it with love. Wow. 
speak with love. There and it is. Wow, there speaking is. of love, yes. <laughs> I do love having Mr. Franklin here oh, at wow, Yes Girl I love being Podcast. Here. And we hope you'll come back soon. Without doubt. With more yeah. um, from Please The Truth the About Men. Truth but, About Men. Yes. There it is. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. For always Thank keeping you. it real, Devon. Hey, <laughs> we got to do it. No other way to do it when you come we to Yes Girl. We can go on and on, by the way. Because, you know, we had a whole bunch more questions. We did. So, part two, you'll have to come Hey, I'm here whenever you need me. And bring Megan so we can really out every you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bring her back, bring her back. But thank I'll you so it. much. Special thanks to our guest, Devon Franklin. Please be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes, yes Girl, such as our conversations with Gabrielle Union, Tashina Arnold, and Ianla Van Dant. Oh, and don't forget, you guys, to leave us reviews. We see all your reviews on Apple. Leave us some review love. Tell us how you feel about each episode on Twitter using hashtag YesGirlPodcast. And also speak directly to us. I'm at YoliZama. I am at CharliePen on Instagram and at ManWifeDog on Twitter. And Corey, you can find it at Corey Murray. And be sure, you know you have homework, so be sure to get our auntie, queen mother, Marjorie Harvey, to come on the podcast. Tell her, go on her Instagram and say, hey, Marjorie, can you be a guest on hashtag Yes Girl Podcast? And let's help us just go hard, y'all. Let's just flood her mentions and her comments with Yes Girl Podcast love. So tell her you want her on the show as much as we do. Thank you.